Welcome to episode 95 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rejo. I am Patsy the Angry Nerd. Joining me as always is the goddess of giggles, the ironborn agent Nicole. Holy fuck, it's so hard to type with my thumb right now and my phone. Hi everybody, sorry. It's a lot of... It's crowded in here, we're getting to that. Joining us as well is the mistress of Merlot. She is the Michael Phelps of wine. Ashes von Nightmare. It's motherfucking playoff season right now. Go Bruins. I Go am, Bruins. I am very uh, dissatisfied by your lack of a playoff beard. Well, I'm trying, okay? I'm really trying. I'm, I'm growing beards in other places. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and of course... Who's next, Johnny? Of course, the producer extraordinaire, Johnny Wolfenstein, the hardest working man in podcasting. Wow, <laughs> I I I, th- I do have a playoff beer, but it's unintentional. Yeah, I have a. Playoff I'm just beer. lazy. So, I have to get to our guest introductions because we have a jam-packed, massive episode here. We got some fucking rock stars in here. We do. This is a, this is an all-star cast. Introducing first, all the way from Maryland, she is Madam President of the Amalgamania Group. She is. Tearing up the dance floor, Miss Taryn Barber. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are we doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. And joining her from the same set. No, this isn't Hollywood, but we do have Yaprimo Tino. That's right, Santino Mancibo. Hello, folks. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And of course, the triumvirate would not be complete without the boy wonderful. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, making a return appearance, Mr. Ian Wallace. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having us, Patsy. Oh, thank you for joining us. But that's not it. We are not done. Again, making a return appearance, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve Van Sampson. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Oh, we got Steve back in the house. I was thinking of uh, trying out this uh, more sultry voice. What do you think? Oh, I think that works. Okay. I Thanks got, for having me. I got, Thanks, I got, Patsy. I got half we a just, stack of dimes I think right we now. just got NPR up in here. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to talk some Thanos. <laughs> and again, another returning guest. You, rem- you might remember him from such episodes as Back in Black... And Pacific Rim Job, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin Day. Hey, what's up, people? So glad to have you the back. Ceiling. And making his return appearance after a year absence, because he was not allowed within 500 yards of this building, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dynamo Mars. I'm here every Wednesday. In, <laughs> in, in clear violation of a court order. In three, in three Saturdays a month. This is, and that Justin intro was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. May I? Right, go Please. ahead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the funkiest man on the planet, <laughs> the only man who his rendition of a Prince song would make Prince say goddamn. He is the grandizer funk. He is Oxford's greatest export. His neck is so delicious, we call him Pez. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's a good night because here's Justin Day. Nice. That was beautiful. That's much better. That was so much beautiful. You need to learn some lessons from Dynamo, Patrick. Listen. I couldn't remember the the, the Patrick is too busy working on his ring that, announcer that be, voice to do introductions. Yeah. I couldn't that, remember that may be my new Facebook bio. I don't yeah, know. that's pretty good. I couldn't remember the grandizer. For, I was calling him like funkadelic dance machine, and I because I couldn't. That's what we that call him too. So we are here today because we are going to be discussing the big bad of Infinity War. This is a character that I have been dying to see on screen since he was teased at the end of the first Avengers film. Oh, since. Yeah. Thor, the original Thor movie, where they teased the Infinity Gauntlet in the storeroom in Asgard. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about Thanos, but we are going to be starting today with the story that kind of kicked off the whole Thanos mythos, the whole, you know, the the real thing that brought him into the spotlight. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about the Infinity Gauntlet. So we're going to be discussing the comic book. And we're going to be t- talking about his history, where he comes from. I know Dynamo has some very strong feelings on uh, the origins of Thanos. I, I like him fine. I liked him even before Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. he's good. He's all right. But you have some. Uh, you have some opinions that we were discussing. It's not even an opinion. It's like a thing where he's like, "Yeah, I really like Jack Kirby's new God, so I tried to make my own." Yeah, basically. You liked him before he was a mad titan. He was just a uh, moderately upset. Yeah, titan. he was irritated. <laughs> It's a uh, the slightly aggravated Titan. Yep. So Dynamo is, uh, as you all know, over four hundred years old. So when he <laughs> says he liked something before it was cool, that's literally true because he's been around that long. I'm not positive it's cool now. I don't think we've got that. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. No, say hot topic. Oh, that's true. I haven't no. seen anybody at uh, Yaki Way hawking Thanos gear. <laughs> they they got other cool. stuff that they can. Nobody sell. has a Thanos beard. He doesn't have a beard. <laughs> Neither does Thanos. Yeah. He just has that wrinkly ball sack chin. You know who does? Dockside. <laughs> Dockside. So the first thing I want to talk about, because we're, we're kind of eschewing our normal routine because we have a lot to get to. So what I'd like to do first is kind of go around the room a little bit and talk about your experience with the comic. Your thoughts on it, maybe a, a, a favorite moment or a least favorite moment. So we're going to start, Taryn, with you. Uh, what is your experience, uh, if any, with the comic, and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, my experience with the comic is actually minimal. I tend to lean towards uh, more towards DC Comics. But my thoughts, and I was actually enlightened uh, by Santino partially last night, um, is that it's kind of like a messed up love story. Uh, where Thanos, in his infatuation with Mistress Death, um, is essentially just vying for her attention and does all these messed up things to try to get it. That's true, yes. Um, He has uh, an infatuation with Death, and we kind of see that at the end of uh, the Avengers uh, in the post-credits scene where he is advised that to uh, attack the Avengers would be to court Death. Right. And... You know, if you're a big fan of the comic like I am, like you squealed like a, a like a 12 year old girl when you saw that, and you were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they just said that!" You know, so uh, now, Justin, I know you have uh, a bit of a different feeling than I do on this comic. 
So I would like to explore that a little bit. What are your thoughts and your experiences with this? Uh, I mean, I read it for the first time probably probably two, three years ago. And, you know, and I thought it was all right. But that was that that was about it. I thought it was all right. Um, I didn't quite feel like it lived up to the hype of of Infinity Gauntlet is, you know, like the greatest comic story ever told or what, you know, I didn't really I didn't really buy that when I when I read it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good story. Okay, and that's but, fair. But a lot of the, a lot of uh, I don't know. We'll get we'll get into into the, you know the ifs and ifs and hows uh, over the course of the next couple hours. I would imagine. But, oh yeah, uh, you know. yeah. So you know, and uh, you know, and that's fair. And you're well versed in comics, so you're not someone that's just like, well, you know, I didn't like this because I really don't like comics. Anyways, you're well versed in the Marvel universe, DC, and so on. You know, you're well versed in this stuff, so. You know, your opinion carries a little more weight than someone who's maybe a casual. Well, fan. you know, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these classic storylines, I feel like I have been. You know, I've been. I was a lapsed comic reader for a long time. Got really back into it. Um, you know, six seven years ago, um, started trying to catch up on a lot of the classics. But uh, but um, I. T- I tend to like some of the more modern writing than a lot of the classic stuff. I think. So, you know. Okay, that's fair. So up next, Santino. Uh, I know well, you have some some some, uh, some feelings about Thanos. Uh, why don't you tell us about your experience with the comic? Your thoughts? Maybe if you have a specific part that you like, maybe something you didn't like. What do you got? Um. Well, let's start with what I like. Um. Overall, what I like. Um. Basically, anything that has uh character power, like numerous characters, which they had a lot of in this in this comic book, and mind you, they a lot that they didn't have because there was a whole bunch of heroes that just like went missing. <laughs> just went missing. You know what I mean? You didn't even yeah, yeah, a lot of X Men, um, which we will not see in this movie, but hey, whatever. Um but um uh one of the things that that it didn't really bother me. I just I just it, it was more funny to me than anything. Thanos in the in the Infinity Gauntlet reminds me of that douchebag at Muscle Beach trying to flex for the chick that just doesn't have any interest in him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, I know exactly what you're saying. Right you're like, wrong. No, like, <laughs> like the, the the part the panel where he's just like torturing um uh uh Eros and Nebula and he's just like, Hey, look look at me, you know what I mean? I'm doing this this awesome shit and she's just like, Yeah, whatever, bro. You know what I mean? Like cool story, you know what I mean? Like yeah. That, that, that's just kind of funny to me. It, it doesn't really bother me. There, there really isn't anything that. I, well, there are some things that I do dislike. Um, the way he did Wolverine, like he just turned yeah. him into like he just turned him into like rubber. You know what I mean? Like, and Wolverine is like one of my favorite characters. You know what I mean? That just that just dates back to just me being a child. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> just the way he did a lot of people. Um, uh, Thor. Uh, the way he did. Uh, the way he did. Um. Uh, Silver Surfer. Um, um, when Silver Surfer got called to do his thing, um, Nova. Nova. Um, <laughs> Quasar with the Legos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quasar, Quasar. Yeah. Um, um, who else, man? Uh, he did. A, he pretty did much a, the whole Marvel. He pretty much the whole Marvel universe. He did dirty. <laughs> he did all his stupid dirty. Yeah. Um. Um, that was kind of, it was just, uh, just as a child, that was crazy for me to see because I was just so used to heroes winning 
and seeing them seeing them winning and just seeing this dude come along just like just <laughs> man, 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 yeah manhandle him you know what I mean just do just do work you know what I'm saying that was that was amazing for me to see as a as, as a kid you know what I mean and that was just a that was a change of pace for me too because like that that was just like that was like in, in a way um I, I was woke at that point I was like all right heroes are you know what I mean they can't they can't do everything you know what <laughs> I mean? they can be stopped definitely stop, you know what I mean? And that was the first time I ever experienced that. Excellent. All right, uh, Dynamo, Patrick. your turn. What did, um, what did you experience and uh, what are your thoughts on it? Here's what I think is really cool about Thanos, and it's that he's not he's not unsimilar to, say, um, in, you know, in abilities and stuff, but in, in, his play, in how he kind of came about in his popularity, he's not unsimilar to, like, um, Deathstroke or the Kingpin, he was a character in another comic, like just kind of one of their villains that outgrew that comic. Like, you know, Daredevil has continued publication forever, but there's been times where Daredevil, you know, has had big wanes in popularity. And Teen Titans, where Destro came from, um, just totally, you know, everybody thinks Destro is a Batman villain, but he was really like a, a, he was a Teen Titans villain. And it, you know, like, you know, Teen Titans is essentially in its original form no more, but now. Deathstroke is, you know, maybe the number two villain in the DC universe in a lot of people's eyes. Um, Thanos was a Captain Marvel uh, villain who didn't make it out of uh, the real, ca- uh, the original Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Who, uh, I think the death of Captain Marvel graphic novel happened in 1985 or 1986. And he died uh, fighting a character named Nitro, who's... <laughs> Has maybe the second worst superpower in the history of superpowers. He just <laughs> fucking explodes. <laughs> and you just kind of got to wait a while. Yeah. Come and, back. And that, oh, 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 what's, his, what's his ability? He explodes. <laughs> oh. In the comics, he uh, caused the Civil War. He just broke yeah. up. Well, that wasn't that. Oh yeah, no, it was. No, it's true. Was, yep. Yeah, he's the same yep. character that caused that caused Civil War. Yeah, yeah him they, and uh, they blamed the new dead, warriors dead, for it. Did uh, oh, uh, Speedball. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was uh, you know like he he's he's pretty cool. That I actually like that they did that because uh, he's sort of a Z-list villain. But when history is kind of written on the Marvel universe, he'll have caused two of the biggest like you know blips in the Marvel universe. Now Thanos, you know, was just kind of a, a cosmic character. Jim Stalin, I can't recall his name, has another character similar to Thanos in his Dreadstar. Uh, science fiction series. It's just kind of a look he likes, and um, he's sort of offhandedly. If I recall, I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of school. Admitted that he, you know, really liked Jack Kirby's um, uh, dock side, as I'm going to start calling him for now, because he hangs out by <laughs> the, the docks. docks. Yeah, yeah. Dock side used to hang by the docks. I think there's, a, yeah, I think there's a there. <laughs> the new gods and yeah. down. Don't start. Um, yeah, but you know, like I think that that's what's cool because he has this, like, you know, he's another character that the MCU and the Infinity Gauntlet, which was just, uh, you know, was one of the cool post uh, when crossovers happened in a like a book. It wasn't something that happened as much over individually. Um, the great work of George Perez, um, you know, really kind of. You know, the imagery and the very simple but cool story of Infinity Gauntlet made him uh, a player. You know, he he basically, you know, there's no way to go back. There's a lot of characters who they could have done stuff like that with. Purple Man, um, Korvac was a character that was in an Avengers story that was probably equivocally powerful to Thanos. 
Um, that was kind of a linchpin of the Kree Skull War. But, you know, for whatever reason, they picked Thanos. It was a great story, and it was such a popular story that a few years later, they kind of picked it up and started doing more miniseries with him and more miniseries about, his, like, the supporting characters and that, you know, some more kind of Z-list cosmic heroes like Pip, Pip the, the Troll, troll. And, <laughs> which I remember my local comic store uh, had a guy who was trying to get me to buy that and he's like he's like yo it's like Infinity Gauntlet and I was like Infinity Gauntlet definitely have Wolverine and that's Pip the Troll <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not a fair exchange by any stretch of imagination no, uh, but you know I, I, I do like the cosmic heroes but what I kind of like about uh, Thanos is that despite he he's almost the opposite of Lex Luthor, despite his like amazing cosmic power, if you go back and read things, he's sort of at a lot of time pulling the strings, you know, mm-hmm. and that's certainly kind of the way they're leaning towards it in like the MCU. You're going to find out yeah. that he was kind of you know the the launching point of a lot of shitty things that happened to a lot of shitty people, um, you know. So I I you know I'm. Uh, I'm more of a street level superhero guy, so I never would say that Thanos is like you know my favorite thing ever. But I do appreciate how long ago. And as an aside, I like what happened to Wolverine because they made him closer to uh, the original badass of literature, uh, the original Deadpool, the man whose bottoms are made out of rubber and his legs are made out of springs, Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, that is so true. I'm. I can't believe you just drew those lines because they were just in my head. Before Wolverine you said them. is Tigger. That's it. That's it. That's how it is. I, I'm lying, of course. Of course, right. Deadpool is Tigger. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Ian, your turn. What do you got? What do I got? Uh, and thanks, thanks for uh, Thanos. No, honestly, Marvel Comics needed needed Thanos at the time. They needed a villain, and Santino kind of touched on this. Um, outside of like the X Men. And um, your more street level characters, Punisher, Daredevil. There wasn't a lot of gritty, uh, more realistic goings on in Marvel. It was pretty much uh, bad guy shows up, threatens a day, good guys come, good guys win, the end. That was pretty much how it was going at Marvel for a while. And then I think Thanos was pretty much, or how the writers intended him. I think on that same level as Dark Side, they needed a villain that could give the entire Marvel Universe pause. They needed a villain that would make it so that, again, like Santino said, there was a a line drawn where sometimes the bad guys win. Sometimes the good guys are not awful enough. And then what happens and what transpires and goes on after that is, of course, the continuation. And if you see that in Infinity War, the comic books, um, what kind of, you know, expires because Thanos came and rocked the Marvel Universe. Like, he, he gave the Avengers... Um, and not just the Avengers, but most of Earth's heroes who weren't like Daredevil, Punisher, or street-level guys who really wouldn't be in this fight in the first place. Um, he gave them, it, gave, it gave them something to kind of reach to, something to kind of aspire to past what they were used to. Thor shows up, throws his hammer a few times, and that's the end of the fight. Or uh, Cap comes and beats you know a couple guys up, and everybody's safe. There was none of that with Thanos. There was nowhere to hide. There was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to like like you said, he showed up and decimated the entire Marvel universe. So what does that say? What what where, what's the precedent now? What do these heroes got to do? Um, you know, every time Wolverine pops his claws, you know, are are villains shaking in their boots like they used to? You know, seeing him fall the way he did and 
just how that whole story transpired. It kind of gave the word villain in Marvel Universe a completely different, um, I don't know, a name, a, a way of looking at it, you know, um, a description, rather. So I don't think there's anything to not like about Thanos other than he is pretty much a ripoff of Darkseid. But um, past that, I would say there's nothing to really hate about him. He did a lot for Marvel Comics when he came out, so I, I really liked yeah, and I agree with Justin. It wasn't the greatest story, and Marvel was struggling a lot with their writing at this time and art. After Jim Lee left, after Image started, Marvel was struggling a lot. So, um, you know, they were kind of coming through and doing this story and involving every character, and then not just involving the same old uh, good guy wins, bad guy lose uh, story. They Im implemented something that kind of made Marvel interesting again. And um, for me, as a fan back then, because I wasn't even reading Marvel Comics up until I saw the covers of Infinity. I mean, I was reading it prior, but I like put it down for a while. Like, I, like DC was where it was at at that time. And um, once I saw this cover of this guy like saying, come on, and you see Thor and Silver Surfer and the Hulk, and it immediately made me go, well, who the, what the hell is going on? Like, who's this guy? And he's challenging everybody. So, you know, I cracked open the Infinity uh, Gauntlet series and then had to go back and see how that story transpired. So, in essence, Marvel was brilliant in um, allowing Thanos to do what he did at the time because if they didn't, I think Marvel would have struggled for a lot longer than they did. That's fair. That's definitely a fair comparison. Dynamo, you got something to say to add to that? Uh, it's definitely worth mentioning that even though those, like, kind of top 40 Marvel artists were gone, like... Infinity Gauntlet was drawn by George Perez, who's right, probably right. the mm -hmm. single greatest superhero artist of all time. Uh, you know, like next to Jim Lee, maybe, who mm. pretty much just copied John Byrne and George Perez, if you look at his structure and stuff like that. But um, definitely a John Byrne cover band is Jim Lee a lot of the time. But, um, you know, like I, I think that though Marvel might have been struggling from like a historical point of view you know of if you're kind of looking at a certain artist like a artist revolution happening around that time and all the things that was going on they still had like some of the best artists around like you know like the it, 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 other than like in sales these jim lee and um mcfarland certainly like hurt them but you know it's a bit of revisionist history to think that they were really crippled by losing like eric larson and sylvester Although cripple's time. a strong word, yeah, but um, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to say they were crippled. Yeah, but uh, the but I mean I think they still had like George Perez. I mean, and, and of course DC had uh, you know Brian Stelfreeze and like a whole litany of incredible artists too. So um, you know there was they were, uh, but I think both companies. You're one hundred percent correct. Less so DC was definitely in nineteen ninety one struggling uh, in their writing, uh, but I, I think it was more from like. Just they had guys who were in their forties or fifties at that time who'd been writing comics since for twenty years, you know, trying to yeah. write a more modern style. The things were definitely different in the seventies than they were in the mid nineties. Sure, they so were yeah, better so. in the seventies. So, Steve, it's your turn now. What do you What do you got for your uh, your thoughts? My thoughts that are in my head that will go into the microphone. Um, yeah, I guess I can't really speak upon the uh, history anywhere near to the level of all y'all fine gents and ladies here. I don't know. I, I uh, didn't read a whole ton of comics in the 80s. Uh, I've gone back, and I actually my, my biggest like street cred is I've read Uncanny from 
uh, 75, starting with giant size number one, up through 89. So that's like kind of like my big thing because, you know, pretty. what's that? Attaboy. Yeah, attaboy. Attaboy. Your Atta microphone's me. off again. So, so um, what's that? His microphone's oh. off. Well, you should stop turning it off. Come on. Your name is Dynamo, sir. You should be able to handle a microphone. Uh, you'd You're think. 400 years old, for God's sakes. You'd think. Back you delivered, day, you delivered an intro like no one's ever delivered an, an intro on this show. I mean, no offense, Patsy. That's, that's, fair. that's yeah. fair. I was just trying to turn my headphones off before Patrick started talking again. Yeah, but we're in the same room, so you're going to hear me. But anyway, so, yeah, so yeah I mean, like, um, so for me, you know, uh, you know, big X-Men fan back in the day. And uh, I read this, uh, I read Infinity Gauntlet um, probably about 20 years ago. It was late 90s, I, I, you know, way after it came out. And what I remember of it is kind of, uh, it's already been touched upon, uh, Santino, you mentioned it first. Um, one, uh, like I have a few key moments that, that were like things that I loved about the story, but Wolverine, his fate, like that, that's really funny that like you guys have all brought it up at this point, cause I was going to bring it up and, and he didn't get strictly, if I can add anything, he didn't get strictly turned to rubber. Uh, the deal was that Thanos was like being such a dick that he was like turning everybody's powers against themselves. So it's like, oh, Wolverine, uh, you really like that adamantium skeleton shit you got, right? Well, how about if I turn it to sponge? So it's like, oh, my God, Wolverine, he has sponge skeleton. And uh, another one I remember was uh, uh, Cyclops. He's like, oh, you're going to shoot me with your eyeballs, eh? He's like, well, how, how about if I uh, put, a, put an airtight cube over your head? And uh, not only can you not shoot out of it, but you will suffocate in about 30 seconds. So, I mean, there were like some really cool ones like that that were really, really creative, turning the character's power on, on, in on themselves. And then there were other ones that they're like, uh, yeah, She-Hulk, I don't know. Uh, we'll just turn her to stone. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of good moments like that that I think made it cool. Uh, for me, um, you know, is, is this the best story? Is it, you know, is it worth the hype? Um, I think... I think that for me, what makes it so great is its scale, right? Because it's not the best story. It's not. It's not the killing joke. It's. It's not the best comic book story of all time. Um, but it is probably the best, biggest of all time in my mind. Like I don't know that previous to that anything was bigger and as good in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. You know, I mean, we may have some uh, Crisis on Earth fans here that'll, you know, shut me right down. But um, it wasn't know. as good, I don't think. So I, I loved it and great art, but it wasn't as good as you're 100% right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, that's sort of got me a little worried for the movies, too. But, you know, I, I think that Mar- MCU's done such a great job. And I, I know we're talking strictly comics here, but I think it's really damn hard if the point is to get in, we're going to reel in a million characters. My brain, ever since like 1998 or whenever it came out, I always call this the Mortal Kombat Annihilation problem. Okay, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember that movie. That movie had like, oh, yeah. they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we're we're gonna have like every Mortal Kombat character in here. Uh, uh, three quarters of them get five seconds of screen time and no lines, but like, shut up, brain will kick you off to the side. But you know, I mean, it's like tough. You know, you have a finite amount of time, even with a comic, everything's finite. So it's like, well, you know, how do you do, how do you do it? Well, it's, I don't know. I think that stories aren't necessarily better just because, you know, you have more parts, but 
I think that they did a remarkably good job. And if I will say anything else about the story right now, it's that I liked. Um, I would say that it's, uh, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think in general, I'm sure there are, there are examples of the opposite, but you generally have superhero stories. They're trying to stop the bad guy, right? So like, I feel like nine times out of ten, you're trying to stop the bad guy. The bad guy's trying to accomplish you know, X, and then good guys are like, no, you can't do that, and, you know, we'll stop you, and the bad guy's like, curse you at the end, and, you know, you foiled my evil scheme. And 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 with this one, it's like, mm, yeah, he already did it. Yeah, like, no, he, he, he done it. And the story is not over. The story is just starting. It's like, now we're going to essentially just have this huge like masturbatory tale going on and on about Thanos just just screwing with everybody like well look what happened holy crap he actually got what he was trying to do and now he's actually gonna we're gonna show you what he would do if he accomplished this insane thing and got ultimate power and you know uh he like because you you could say the threat of snapping his fingers and winking out half the marvel universe could be the thing to stop but he does it like early right. he's like nope right snap right yeah it's all, it, like the whole story is kind of fallout from that yeah yes. right. right it's like oh shit well uh what the hell happened oh Right, and now this is what happens next. Like now, he's going to parade everybody out, turn Wolverine's bones to sponge, and you know, do whatever. I, I think, pardon, I think the Mark Mark Millars and Warren Ellis's definitely took a cue from that because if you look at their bigger superhero stories, you usually see heroes like you know, you usually see the villains blowing up cities or doing whatever they're doing a lot of time before you even see the heroes the first time, and kind of like other than like if I'm remembering. When did you read it last, Nicole? Do you, have you read it recently? or? Um, I'll get to that question okay. in a minute. Because uh, I, I honestly probably haven't picked it up since I was getting the individual issues. But I, I feel like I like um, uh, it. Like they showed the heroes like how they reacted to people disappearing, but it wasn't like a matter like that they were actually involved anyway. And in, like his, like you said, it really right. did. Like so, I feel like in that sense, it was certainly super important. Not killing joke. You're 100 percent right there. But, uh, you know, like uh, important in the sense where I do think it, it kind of might have ushered in the widescreen cinema element of comics. Yeah. So uh, next we're going to go uh, Ashes. Ashes, what are your thoughts? I know you're not overly familiar, but what are your thoughts? Okay, so, so I have a story, and I'll be brief, of this beautiful, wonderful, amazing pink-haired woman who went with her then-fiancé to see the Avengers. And she was a casual um, superhero movie fan at that point, and she enjoyed the movie, and her fiancé definitely enjoyed the movie. And they stayed and stuck around to the end to see the post credit scenes, and she witnessed her then-fiancé get a raging fucking boner. <laughs> Not for the first time either. The post credit scene <laughs> involving this purple guy. I thought this story is about you, but obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't do comic books. I've never been interested. It's just not my thing. I do enjoy them um, in the cinematic universe, though. I wish DC would kind of pick up the pace a little bit, but most, that's neither here nor do. there. Um, but anyway, so we had gone to 
see the movie, we were actually visiting my mom, who lives a little over an hour away from where we live. So we decided to hit up the movie theater close to her to go see it. So I had to listen to how great Thanos is and the backstory of Thanos and Thanos this and Thanos that all the way home. Did you have to? You didn't have to. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> you always have a choice, Ashes. You know, I don't know if the story's about you, but you always have a choice. There's it's a, a friend kick. of a friend. There are kicks. You could have jumped <laughs> there, out of the there car. There are thumbs the you can put into orifices. You can do things. Heels. You can do stuff. You can do stuff. Next time, don't let don't let your friend have to go through this again. That's, yeah, I, I, I will my tell point. my I, I will tell my friend friend friends friend. Friends, friend, to, friend. Yes, yes. It's always a friend of a friend. Brothers, of a friend. sisters, former um, roommate. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I have thumbed through the Infinity Gauntlet. I will say that the artwork is kind of cool. Um, the story itself, I really don't know much about aside from what Patsy has enlightened me with and what I've heard from here today. So I'm eager to see how they portray it um, on the big screen. Okay, that's so. Fair. I really, I really, I can't, you know, shed a lot of light on my likes and dislikes because I honestly don't know. I can't give an educated opinion. You should have had your friend of a friend over. I know, right? Yeah, because now they know everything. <laughs> so, uh, Agent Nicole, I know you yep. are of a similar uh, level. Well, of- I didn't have like a nerdy friend to like have a raging boner next to me about Thanos, but you got the raging boner, didn't you? No, I actually didn't. Um, I had no clue about Thanos until I saw the Avengers and the post credit scene. Um, I remember seeing it in the theaters and I saw the post credit scene and I was like, oh, okay, that's probably the guy that they all have to like try to defeat defeat against and he's probably fucked shit up in a couple years and obviously I was correct on that. Um, it wasn't com- a couple years. Well, a couple. She means a couple to tree. Yeah. It's not Listen. literally a couple. Listen, let me get through this. Um, um, I, as someone who is much younger than a lot of uh, the people in this room and on. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I wasn't. Dynamo, you're 400. You're 400. <laughs> I know. Um, I was probably in my diapers when the original story came out. Well, I'm in my diapers now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so for me, as someone who is still getting into comic books and still exploring that world, I have not gotten into the Infinity Gauntlet, but I do appreciate how it does pay tribute to the film that's coming up and how this is going to be a completely different story than what we've been norm, we're used to. Like, you get a situation, you get a climax of like this big whole, like, good versus bad evil and then at the end the good usually wins well now the tables have been turned now what's going to happen when we start losing so i'm interested in seeing what it is but mostly my knowledge of thanos is through the mcu and not the comics and that's fair so what we'll do we'll finish i'll i'll give my thoughts and then we'll take a quick break in an hour in an hour. Come on, dude. We're going straight through. You want to go straight through? I mean, all right. I, that's what you want to do. I figured we might take a quick break just to kind of... We have a lot to cover. So okay, let's that's fine. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do this. And I have to go to work on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so 
My thoughts with this, I actually read this probably a year or two after it came out because back at that time when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 in that area in the early 90s, um, I was really into uh, into Marvel Comics. I wasn't as well-versed as some people. I was really big into the Silver Surfer. He was like my favorite character. And, you know, seeing uh, somebody showed me the first issue of this uh, series where, you know, he's absolutely terrified. And I'm like, how could a guy this strong be so scared of something? Like, this is a dude that fights Galactus, like, on the regular. Like, what could possibly, you know, cause all this, this anxiety? And I remember reading it and seeing the scene where Thanos snaps his finger. And he's sitting there. Like, one thing nobody touched on yet is, like, he's sitting there and, like, his second in command is the literal devil. Like that gives you an idea of like the level of power he has achieved. Like the literal devil is like his his sidekick, his minion. Isn't the devil the literal devil? No, it's uh Peter Fonda. All right, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and he just walks over and just snaps his fingers. And half of all life disappears in in the universe, and it's amazing. Like seeing the reaction of all the different heroes, like Spider Man, whose first thought is Mary Jane. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess he wanted to get high because he couldn't deal with what he was seeing. Um, yeah. No, everybody just wants to get to. Like uh, I remember the Hulk freaking out because Rick Jones disappeared, and. <clears throat> Rick James disappeared? Yeah, he's Rick James, bitch. Um but no, just like seeing all these like random characters and it's like, wow, you know, like that's that's pretty pretty incredible. Like then getting to see the fight and you know, I think one of the things that led in in this story to Thanos's downfall, I mean, other than his subconscious belief that he's not good enough to wield ultimate power, which they don't get into in this. They get into, you know, years down the line. But when death ultimately is like, he's done everything she wanted, and he's just she's just like, eh. Yeah, I don't know. Was it everything she wanted? or uh, I remember that she just essentially didn't have any personality or any lines. I thought it, I always remembered that it was what he thought she would want. Right. Well, whatever what he was told through her surrogate. Like, this is what she wants, and this is what he could Because once he gathered all the Infinity Gems, she was looking at him like, well, we're not equals. You said we wanted to be equals. Because she brought him back from the dead to basically be her minion, and he was infatuated with her, so he would do whatever she wanted. And, you know, he did, you know, like, she's like, I want you to wipe out all the life in the universe, or half the life in the universe, because I think it was one of those Herculean tasks. It was like, there's no way you're going to accomplish this. And even if you do, it's going to take millennia to do. And so he found a way around it to not only become her equal, but to surpass her in, in power and his scope of abilities. And so when she was just like, well, I, I never really thought you could do this. Like, because she doesn't speak, but like, this is all kind of in what you have to infer from his reaction to her uh, non non reaction to him. Like, the only thing she really does is kind of like look away from him when he's trying to talk to her. 
That's the Lady Death I remember. Yes. So he freaks out and creates a version, like a girl version of himself. He's like, you know what? Nobody's good enough for me but me. So now <laughs> I'm going to have a girl Thanos and... I don't remember if she had the weird chin, too. Oh, she she had to have the weird chin. Um, she actually had those chin ribs uh, in other places, too. Oh, yes. Folks. But I do remember uh, her fighting against Iron Man, and she's, like, kind of sitting on Iron Man's back, and she just tears his fucking head off and, like, kind of tosses it. Like, you see him bounce in one of the uh, one of the other panels while he's battling all these other other superheroes, and it's just... It's amazing. Like, everything that everybody tries to do, like, when he shatters Captain America's shield, which is something that, you know, we were led to believe is impossible because vibranium just absorbs all impact, all kinetic energy, and he shattered it, and, like, you know, we kind of see a glimpse of that in the trailer for the movie where Cap's, like, the last guy standing, and he's just essentially some dude. It's like a guy yelling at a tidal wave, essentially. Like... You're strong. It's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> but there's nothing you're going to yeah. do. And I love the look on Thanos' face in that scene in the trailer. He's like, yeah. But that's so capped, though, right? It is. Like, that's, really that's is. like, that's, you know, like, it, uh, he would just be a, he would just be a guy if he didn't still stand his ground in the, uh, in the face of insurmountable odds. And he that's could, the thing. He that, could do this all day. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes me, like, that I loved about this scene with, him and Captain America, he says, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. And they're like face to face. Thanos says, noble sentiments from one who is about to die. Cap says, I've lived my life by those sentiments. They're worth, they're well worth dying for. And then Thanos makes the ground come up and like snag his legs. And Thanos like, then you, then die you shall. Thanos is always pleased to honor such a foolish request. It's like, great, great, you're going to stand up for your principles. And tune in next time for Angry Nerd Dinner Theater, when Patrick <laughs> will read an arbitrary scene out of Infinity War. Hey, that was, I, I wanted to make sure I got the quotes right. I, I think, and in, in anybody else back me up here, I had, I don't know, maybe you've read more or seen more or, or saw some sort of director's commentary, but I was always under the implication that death didn't really even acknowledge him at all. Like almost to the like, uh, there's been actually some writing at some points where like he had actually because death is obviously a, a an idea, not a uh, or an absolute, not like a character. Abstract. Yeah. So like almost that he may have even cre- like to a degree like, uh, like she in the form that she's in may be a uh, a concoction of his as well. Like she didn't like. I feel like he did all these things because. Like uh, like was said before, it's what he thought was what to do, not what she. Oh, like he's so crazy, he doesn't even realize that she's a. She's just imagination because he could do it. Yeah, and if she is there, like she doesn't react to him at all. She just kind of just stands around and like looks like his. She uh, does. She's his Tyler Durden. Yeah. Well, she does here and there. Like uh, what I'm going to get to in in Thanos's quest when we talk about how he obtained all the gems, which is like the immediate precursor to the Infinity Gauntlet story, you know, when he, you know, he says, you know, I always, I just want to be at your side and she has her surrogate, which is like this weird cat dude. Like he says, you know, you've become more than, you know, her equal. You've surpassed her. 
but he's like, all I have ever wanted is to sit by her side. And she creates an identical skull throne. Or at least you're led to believe. You know, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody I think he's just crazy as a soup sandwich. That's what I think. Well, I mean, he is. (laughs) And soup sandwiches are fucking delicious. Can I interject for a second? Absolutely. A couple of points I wanted to make on some of the things that you had said, Patsy, um, and some of the conceptions of Thanos I wanted to kind of not really correct but shed some light on. Um, Death, in fact, not only paid attention to him, but one thing about Thanos, and I think Taron was pretty much the only person that, that touched on this, Thanos was a puppet from the word go. He literally, if you if you think of the story, if you really go back to how Infinity Gauntlet started, um, Thanos was a puppet. Death used him because she decided that there had been, because of the heroes in the Marvel Universe, they always won against the, the bad guys. They're always saving the day. They're always saving people. Because of these actions, and not only like them, but other beings across the universe doing these things, life had become more abundant than death was happy with. The, the universe itself was imbalanced. She looked at it like it was wrong. She went and grabbed Thanos, brought him back to life, because up until this point, if I'm not mistaken, in the Marvel Universe, and this is uh, and this is just off of, again, what some of the fans and a couple of the writers have said, Thanos at this time, Based off of the things that he's done in, in Marvel Universe, was responsible for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of beings dying. Death picked him for a reason because he was destructive and arrogant and just very visceral and like really got to the point. And he was he was basically the right person for the job. She manipulated him, brought him back to life, gave him more strength, and then let him kind of come up with his plan on how he was going to do this task, like you said, <coughs> this Herculean task of basically balancing the universe by destroying and killing what he does best. So he figured this out when he was looking into the infinity well, and that's where he found out about the gems. Thanos didn't even know the gems existed before death allowed him to look into the infinity well, which is where he found them. Right. And then he decided to go and get the gems and become her equal because that's when his infatuation were like, not only was he a kind of very violent, bad guy who just kind of, like, didn't really respect life and didn't like, you know, you know the good guys winning and, 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 you know, the sun coming out tomorrow. That just kind of was the opposite of what Thanos was. So him kind of coming into this realization and gaining this new power and then setting up on this quest to get all of the Infinity Gems, which he had to extract from some very powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, I might add. Um, that's kind of what set him off on his on on this whole quest in the first place. So to me, if, if you're looking at it, it wasn't so much that Death didn't acknowledge him. He was a tool. He was something that she was using at the time to get something done. Yeah, no, she's... Uh, I would liken it to... Um, using a flamethrower to clear out to to mow your lawn exactly yes it's a tool that's going to work but it's going to get out of your control i don't i think it's it's a combination of what we were both saying like she's using him because a the more souls she has the more powerful she becomes the greater her dominion becomes and she knows that thanos is going to go and do this for her and again she thinks it's going to take you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years for him to do this because exterminating all life in the galaxy, like I was talking uh, with Ashes about this on our our way over here. It's like, 
while you're traveling these you know monumental distances between stars and planets oh boy lives are still <laughs> being created so you're 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 essentially sisyphus you're pushing the rock up the hill or like blade says some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill like that's really what that is she di- i don't think she expected him to gather all the infinity stones and even after he got the first one she showed up and confronted him like what are you doing like what's sure, your yeah. end game here and I think like, I've always just tried to put more on it because it was just like the next iteration of them just copying Darkseid. Yeah. Because Darkseid's motivation is the anti-life equation. Yes. So they exactly. were just sort of doing it more on the nose Darkseid. As like opposed they, to a Republican well, yeah, who's looking for the pro-life equation. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot to do with... Um, had a that lot was to better do than with, the last one. I like that one. A lot of the DC writing that had to do with Darkseid. So him being... A force behind this project as well. I'm sure his influence came off. That's why a lot of those right. similarities are there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree 100. percent I think that um, I, I I'm just confused to why Death couldn't like. She's Death, right? Like, why can't she just do this stuff herself? Like, well, she can. She can. She but just didn't. Why do it yourself when you can you resurrect can... a Mad Titan and have him? It just seems like an awful long way to go to get the groceries picked up, right? Yeah, but it's. it's... <laughs> Where's the fun in the story of, like, oh, death killed everyone? Wait, oh. the angry nerd is telling me or not. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe well I'm gonna, I, I look at it like this. Like, I have a, a slightly varied um, perception of this, of this uh, storyline. This is my favorite storyline in all of comics. Ever. Like, I mean, more than The Dark Knight Returns, more than The Killing Joke, more than Maximum Carnage, more than... Uh, I mean, he got Nightfall. a boner at the movie theaters. Right. I don't Allegedly. think he got a boner at Dark Dark Knight. Allegedly. Allegedly, it was a rager. That was you, Patsy? You were with uh, Ash's friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your out. Yes. See, she, That's how we were introduced. Yeah, because yes. she had pink hair and... And you you had a so thing I'm, for purple guys with rib chins. And, yeah, it's yeah. the pink and purple. I It's the combination of the two. Like, that's that's just what it what it works, you know? But no, like this is you know when I saw that I w- and all I could think of was man, how are they going to do this? How how can they do this? Are they going to introduce these other characters? Because Avengers came out what like almost ten years ago. That's crazy talk. So at that point, you know, all you'd really seen was you know Thor and Iron Man. You hadn't really se- and Captain America. Like you hadn't really seen like this whole huge extended. Like there was no Falcon. There was no Scarlet Witch. There was no Quicksilver. There was no, you know, uh, Baron Zemo or Baron Strucker or what the fuck's his name? Uh, Toby Jones, uh, Arnim Zola. Like none of these people existed. Like you know, Bucky wasn't a part of the equation. Like all these characters hadn't been introduced yet. You know, Mark Ruffalo wasn't the Hulk at this point. It was still Ed Norton. So you had no idea what you were going to get and how they were going to approach this storyline. You know, where was Spider-Man in all this, you know? So I was very curious because, you know, I'm one of those people like, you know, the people that watch Game of Thrones, they will the books, this isn't what happens, you know. Of course, I'm like that with everything anyways. But, um, you know, I was curious because I knew that there was no way that they were going to take this this scope of characters and have them um, have them just go out and 
it be able to introduce everybody in you know in this the story and put them in a movie because there just wasn't time yeah i think the same thing about civil war i got the same kind of feeling about civil war like if you read the civil war storyline and then saw the movie then you kind of see that same kind of parody it's like what you expect or you know being a comic fan and have reading the story you would expect to see a, a little bit more than what you had saw in Civil War, the movie, but they kind of, it's again, with the Infinity War, I think they're going to do the same thing. Like, I haven't seen Silver Surfer yet. I haven't, Adam Warlock, they introduced him, but he's kind of like... He's still character. in stasis. Yeah, he's just going to come like at the, which he was a very essential character in that storyline. Um, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity War, um, Magus and, and, and Nebula. And, and the all Goddess. These yeah, exactly. Who, who who are very essential but aren't there? And like you said, they just don't have the the time and the, and the ability. If this was a TV show, different story. They could have worked up to this in a year. It could have been perfect. But being that they told this story over ten years, and it's and they could only do it um, through this cinematic universe, where like you know you have to wait for movies to drop. It takes a while to produce them, to get them right, and editing and everything else takes forever. So you're right. There was no way that they could have made it like the comics and added everyone that they wanted. I got the same feeling from Civil War. So one of the things we did touch on was uh, Thanos' quest. And for people who are unfamiliar with it, and to be honest, I only read it within the last year because um, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware it was a thing. But uh, Thanos' quest is how he obtains all the gems. And Ian, you touched on it when, he was, when you were talking about the Infinity Well because when they were first introduced, they were all called the Soul Stones. They weren't called Infinity Gems or Infinity Stones. They were all called Soul Stones. Right. And so Thanos, you know, because of who he is, he's not just, you know, a super powerful character. He's also uh, a brilliant tactician. He's very, very mm-hmm. intelligent. So he's got the brains to back up the brawn, and, you know, he's got the energy projection abilities. He's got all these powers, uh, but it was never enough for him. Because, you know, one of the things you mentioned as well, uh, in his quest to impress death, he obtained the Cosmic Cube before he obtained the Infinity Gauntlet, if I if I recall correctly. And that's what led to his death. Yeah. Um, so that's how death knew that, you know, this is somebody I can manipulate because he'll do whatever I want. So after she raised him from the dead and gave him this task, he had to figure out how to how to. Uh, uh, how to go about completing his task. So he spent some time at the Infinity Well and he had to go and gather all these different gems. So one of the the, the first thing he did, and I'm just going to run through these real quickly because, you know, the, the story would take too long. The first gem he grabs is the Soul Gem and he gets this from a guy called the In-Betweener. From there he goes and taunts uh, you kind of see his power and his intelligence when he fights a guy named Champion who has the power gem. And Thanos tricks him by getting him to uh, use an augmented attack to destroy the planet he's on. And the Champion's like, ha I've won. And Thanos is like, really? You're drifting in space. Uh, I have a ship, so I'll be fine. Somebody might come to pick you up in, you know, two or three thousand years when they come by. But I'll trade you a ride to a planet for your infinity gem. The guy's like, oh, okay, that's that seems fair. So now he's got two gems, and as he's collecting them, he becomes more powerful, but he can also use the gems to manipulate 
the gems he doesn't have as long as he's in a close enough proximity. So he then goes and gets the time gem. And from there, you know, we see uh, two characters that we have been introduced to, the Collector and the Grandmaster. So these are the elders of the universe that yes. had the gems. Yeah, because before. it was deemed they were deemed too powerful to be held by any one being, which is exactly what Thanos was doing. And as he's collecting these, and like I don't want to spoil the story because it's it's really interesting how he gets both the space and the reality gems. Um, as he's going through these, everybody has this similar thing. It's like oh, well, I have all these skills and all these powers. It's like, no, you were uh, subconsciously tapping into the ability that the stone grants you. You didn't realize it because, you know, you didn't comprehend what you have. I understand what this is. So these guys were already very powerful, but Thanos understood that he could beat them even though he was, you know... Again, he's a powerful guy, but he's not as powerful as the elders of the universe. Not and at all. It even he even you know he finds us out where he tries to make a deal with the collector, and he waits. He kind of like waits in 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 uh, in place for a moment. He's like, okay, nothing happened. That means he doesn't understand what this gem can do. Otherwise, he would have just come here, killed me, and taken what I have. So. It's a very interesting story. I definitely recommend it. Um, have any of you folks uh, down in Maryland, have any of you folks read the uh, the Thanos quest? Not the quest, no. No, I haven't. Neither have I. I'm slacking. Okay. <laughs> any of you guys in here familiar with Thanos no. quest? No. No? It sounds like a fun, like, DOS game, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gem Quest, starring Thanos. Yeah, it comes on an Apple IIe. You have yeah. to put, like, different giant yeah. five-and-a-half-inch floppy disks in the computer. <laughs> oh, those were the days. It's like, or it's like, oh, you have Thanos has died of dysentery. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to take a second, though, to thank Ian for bringing up the thing about um, um, just about the motivation behind, um, the you know, Lady Death's motivation as far as, um, you know, her wanting to wipe out all all the life in the universe because life has, like you were saying, become more abundant thanks to the heroes saving so many lives. Because that's something that I wasn't really familiar with, but that sounds like it tracks more closely with what we understand the motivation to be uh, in the movie. Yes. I think so. And it makes a lot of sense because death is one of those... Those beings, and we see... Um, she sounds hot, by the way. Like, is she just like some uber goth girl? She's usually just... a skeleton. She's no. a skeleton. Ooh. So she's not hot in she's game She's pretty thin. Um, no. Pale. <laughs> pale. Is it a heroin chic? She has good teeth. Yeah. She does. <laughs> it's easy to check her teeth, too. Yeah. You can see them from across the room, so... She's a nice sight. That's true. <laughs> Though, uh, in when she would show up a couple of times in Peter David's Hulk... Uh, just in like back of her head cameos, it was uh, Neil Gaiman's death, um, mm-hmm. and which led to one of the worst puns ever. I thought Peter David had got possessed by uh, Patsy because <laughs> for Rick uh, Rick Jones's wedding present to his wife, uh, death dropped off a brush for her. Nice. So she had had unfortunately a brush with death. 
See, I think that's uh, one of the best. See, that's good. Stuff that's right good. No, that's, that's solid. That it's not risk cutting. It no, bad. I so, was mad. I threw that die cut cover right out the car window. <laughs> but well, yeah, that whole thing makes me think it's more stupid. Well, one of the things I was going to say is, uh, um, and if you're familiar with the actual comic, after Thanos handily defeats all of the heroes, you know, you then have these these beings like the physical manifestations of eternity and infinity and chaos and order and love and hate. And, you know, then you get Galactus and all these beings that, you know, as feeble as the, you know, like Spider-Man fighting Thanos was Thanos going up against these beings. Like he manages with the help of the infinity gauntlet to defeat everyone until the living tribunal steps in and the living tribunal is just like yeah um i'm more powerful than you even with the infinity gauntlet like you know we see him with uh, when adam warlock possesses it he makes all the gems inert like so none of them work because he possesses that type of power and we have had mention of the living tribunal in the marvel cinematic universe in the doctor strange film when he's sparring with Chiwetel Ejiofor, and he says, you know, what is that? Oh, that's the staff of the Living Tribunal. So I thought that was a fun so little Easter egg. So boom goes dynamite. That's yeah. what you're saying. So I mean, they haven't really boom. done anything with that. They haven't explained any of that. You haven't really seen any cosmic beings other than, you know, maybe Dormammu. But even he is, you know, to use Dynamo's word, a... Z-list cosmic being compared to some of the powers that we've seen. Ego and so, you know, Watcher as well. Well, they call they call Ego a celestial. So, and celestials are up there. Yeah, but they don't give them the same type of scope in the film that they do in the comic. Like, I kind of feel like I they're going to be the highest. The The Celestials, probably. Yeah. I think think Ego, you know, you're not going to see, like, the Beyonder. You're not going to see Eternity, you know. No, I don't think you'll see, like, Living Tribunal or anything You know who I think uh, Thanos wouldn't have been able to beat, though? Squirrel Girl? Uh, Boredom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because afterwards, like, "Um, I've done it all. Look at me. Still here. Well, and that's part of the reason he loses is because he... He gets this infinite power, and then oh, oh, hubris, another yes. one, another yes, one. Yes, not defeat. Hugh Grant. Hubris, hubris is a different yeah. guy. Well, I mean, yeah, t- typically uh, Thanos is is his own worst enemy, right? Yeah, he, he's he's the one who takes himself down pretty much every time. Every time, yeah, because he's shown to be this tactical. His weakness genius. is salty purple guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's shown to be this tactical genius, and then leaves his physical form. Uh, unguarded so that Nebula just takes the thing right off his hand. <laughs> of course, Nebula then screws up and says, I want everything to go back the way it was 24 hours ago. And that's like, right, but 24 hours ago, Thanos had the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they brought all the, you know, that brought all the heroes back. So, like, I don't know why, you know, because bad writing, you know that that's right. all that, that's all that is. They yeah, this whole it to be that way. Honestly, the more we talk about this story, the less interested like I am in it. Like I feel like the launching point is like a superhero squad, like a like Nintendo sixty four like game. Like all the heroes are doing such a good job. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's so we got a sweet. So that's really angry. So she does a really contrived way to make all the people disappear. Well, By you being know, honest, aloof honestly, AF. I mean, yeah. that's that's a large part of why I I felt like that story was just a little overrated when I when I finally did get around to reading it. And I think it's a it's a it's a product of the era. I think that it's something that you don't really run into nowadays. But when did when did Infinity Gauntlet come out? Like ninety one, ninety two, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, that was that was still the era when you would just go, you know, you could just walk into Seven Eleven or CVS and pick up a copy of Spider Man sure. off the magazine rack, right? Yeah. So, so at that time, the way the stories were written were like really had, um, like you could tell that from the way the stories are written. Like, well, there's so much extra exposition, yeah, written into Son. every issue of every comic. Up until you know, up until somewhere in the '90s, there I want to say when the you know there was kind of a, a shift after that. But like you know, you go back and you read like you know the, the X Men stories or whatever, and like every single story, they have to explain everybody's powers right from the get go. You know, like Cyclops, use your you know you know put on your ruby glasses to fire your lasers. I feel your like eyes or whatever. Like I feel like that goes all the way back yeah, though. You know, yeah, you know, I mean sixties. Like that's yeah, such no, a sixties I mean, thing. Well, too. no, that definitely goes all the way back. Well, comics you don't really run into. Well, how many Batman movies, movies have we seen? Batman's origin story. Yeah, Fucking but we haven't all seen all of them. them. Yeah, but that have been a them. good Batman right, movie. But yet. but with but, Infinity Gauntlet being one of those first things that was really like a massive yeah. crossover that brought everything in there. There's a lot of slowdown. Like when they got to bring people in, yeah, I, I think when they bring people in, they got to explain that guy, and they got to like, and there's some like bullshit, some crazy bullshit that's going on that like you know Thor and Infinity Gauntlet isn't even Thor. He's which Thor? He's, it's he's Donald, the, not uh, he's not Donald. It's the guy was Thunder Matheson, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, so like they got to explain that, and then they got to right. like explain this other thing, and they got and it just takes. It, a it's, lot of times with those books, it just takes it takes the momentum. Right, and it's frustrating, too, because comics is a lot like what I imagine, like, you know, films coming out of the studio era and, like, coming into the 70s and, you know, pro wrestling probably still is, you know, uh, they, they had those damn talkies are going to ruin pictures attitude a lot right, because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like, Frank Miller had happened. Alan Moore had already left DC by now, you know, so... Uh, Graham Morrison was like, you know, starting to ply his trade. So it wasn't like there weren't people who uh, James Robinson was around. And I mean, uh, I've mentioned him twice now, but Peter David was doing like uh, not even way ahead of his time. Like he was actually just one of the people who caught up to the medium that was working in a mainstream thing. It was just a matter of like you had like dudes who are I can't remember. Did Stalin write this or was this? um Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Stalin had been doing it for a long time. And maybe as in this medium hadn't caught up to what some of the advancements were. But I, I think it was also a visual thing, too. This was like a counterbalance to some of the other things that were going on. You had who was at the time anyway considered the king of writing super uh, drawing large amounts of superheroes because of how successful and how much money he had made on Teen Titans. 
and on more specifically crisis on infinite earth so i think it was just a matter of like while you're right comics in 1991 weren't that different than comics in 1961 in a lot of ways and 1971 in a lot of ways like it was really just a regressive attitude that made them that way not necessarily that they were because there was some like i i mean i had the store in spencer i think then and there was like i didn't read as many books as i had you know coming into the 90s but i had uh, you know the books that I read are books that I still read now. We're not too far. I mean, Crow, the Crow was happening. I think we're not too far away from a lot of great stuff going on. It's just I, I don't know that this is necessarily about. Uh, it's neat that it's Patsy's favorite story, but I think that the reason that you won't find it be very many people's favorite story, it's more some of my favorite art, like artwork. Like I think sure. that that's kind of where it like stands out. This is one of the best looking yeah. books ever. Well, I think I think again, it's the spectacle. Though right, that is what it has going for it. Right, most exactly. Eric the spectacle Masterson. is just so. Yes, Eric, Eric Masterson. Masterson. That's right, I remember. I remember. I could never actually say Thunderstrike. You have to sing it like ACDC. Yeah, where's Raven Shadow when you need him? Um, yeah. When do you need him? Spectacle, though. Right. No, you're 100 percent right. It's like a. There's not a lot of new. There, there's, so I mean, it it, it has it. Ha, it's valid as a, a really great spectacle. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not something that you're going to say is the most nuanced piece of no sequential art. No, like but ever. since as as I was saying earlier that like in my opinion, spectacles are some of the hardest things to do correctly or well. Right, I th- I especially that, now. Yeah, yeah, because you know you have like you have the Michael Bay's out there who are like, oh, I understand what spectacle is supposed to be. Explosions! And, yeah, yeah, for like 90 <laughs> minutes straight. And then you have no heart. You have soulless, you know, booms one after another. Just a string of booms. Basically, yeah. And I say, I'm, I'm done with you, booms. Go away. Right. All right, so I think, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty good starting point. Uh, so if you don't want to go out and, and check this out, given the uh, varied opinions... That uh, that we have presented today, I don't know what you would want to do. So I think what we'll do, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll give you a preview for next week. We'll get some quick final thoughts, and then we'll get ready for next week's show. So, Wolfie, if you please. Do you seek logic in an illogical world? Does your mind seek the knowledge of the universe and its relevance to society? Does your soul require a depth rarely found in the existence currently available to humankind? Yes. Here you, laddie! Where are you going with that, Tatis? <laughs> Get over here, son! I'll break uh, your fucking arse, son! Got- Come here! Then keep looking, because Stascast isn't for you. Stascast does, however, bring you conversation from professional non-professionals about music. I just have this image of you, like, winding a pair of shorts up your own asshole by pedaling a bike. Film. I mean, you would think there would be some bloods and guts and such. Television. And suddenly Quail reach out and punch Rocky in the face. You didn't do it because you're an asshole. You are an asshole, but that's not why you did it. Technology. Um, I come from sort of a different animal. Uh, A lot of... 
I, I'm sorry, like, what sort of asshole did you climb out of? Society? Can't see this, folks, but what I did was, uh, just in preparation of this discussion, I just went through You a, fucking prepared? In existence as a whole, or in pieces. Finally, we got to the point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we will, always, we will always gravitate back to the anus. It is our home point, <laughs> from which all humor in this podcast will be generated. Jump into conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash stascast. Not a comedy podcast. This is a really badly organized intervention. <laughs> ah, next week's podcast, uh, the three of us will be performing on Hiawaska. You can also find Stascast at Stitcher Radio and on iTunes. It's all serious talk about stupid shit. You know, if you've got the kettle flax around your neck and you're about to kick the stool from underneath you, you know what? Why not look it up? <laughs> Hi, I'm Richie the Whiz Kid from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. And we are back. Look at that thing. Jesus. What? Yeah. Ian's got the infinity gauntlet. He's the shit. only guy I know that that like is actual. That's sexy. Actually, uh, I, I didn't want the ladies to be upset with me. Ash is in the cold. But I traded my Idris Elbot in for it. Ooh. Oh, no. Wait, what happened? I need, they, it, was, it was either keep my Idris Elbot or cosmic infinite power. Oh, that's I, fair. I guess that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's understandable. It's a good trade. Good the trade. only guy where trade. like that's actually like a normal glove for him. <laughs> Problem is getting the other hand. They only make the right hand. Or the left. I don't know. All right, so... I think we covered the the comic pretty well. I think we uh, gave a lot of different opinions. Like, I certainly, you know, am going to look at this. I'm going to reread this now, and I'm going to look at this in a completely different light, based on like some of the thoughts and stuff that you guys had. Because I think this is, it's a lot of interesting points of view, and that's kind of why we do what we do here. Um, exactly. We want to hear from everybody. We want to know what your thoughts are. So, what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to keep everyone here uh, locked up. No one's allowed to leave. So next week, we are going to be talking about our theories and predictions and our thoughts on the first half of the Infinity War uh, film. We have a lot of feedback from some listeners. We have some interesting theories. We have uh, a couple of uh, a couple of outlandish theories, I will say. Um Ashes, I know I, I let you listen to one of the voicemails, and it's uh, very interesting. The M. Night Shyamalan voicemail. Is it the one about wow. B. Arthur? Wait a, wait a M. Night Shyamalan called. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan episode. called us. That's called a teaser. People no, are going to be like, no, actually how that works at all. Yeah. Spoiling. spoiling. How am I spoiling it? Nobody well, has any clue what the hell I'm talking worry. about. Well, because M. Night Shyamalan only does one thing. So the fact that you just told us that somebody talked about M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. You, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm excited. Well, that's normal. But this time I that's think true. I do. So I want to I wanna thank our friends in Maryland from uh, Amalgamania. Now, before we, uh, before we go, I know you folks have a little something that you're doing with Amalgamania involving Thanos. Uh, why don't you explain that to us, uh, Miss Taryn? 
right, right now we have um, an auction promotion going on, and we have a Thanos slot that includes this uh, incredible Thanos action figure. Like, I was literally just staring at the thing, um, waiting for it to move. Looks just like the George. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's some bad cuts, a bunch of comic books, um, and what else is in that lot? The John Ken. There's a Captain America from the Infinity War movie action figure, a Iron Spider from the Infinity War movie, um, a couple of pins, a Marvel stamp book. It's it's a ridiculous auction line, right. and it, it's it's valued over 150 bucks. I believe we're starting the um, bidding at like 35 bucks or right. something like that. So it's a chance for you to get a whole bunch of stuff. And, there's also a, a, a giveaway we're doing. Right, we do have a giveaway. Um, can I talk about that now? Yeah, Is yeah. That cool? <laughs> All right. So we are going to give away um, the first three books in the Infinity War series, digital copies, to the first five people who post a movie review on Amalgamania with the hashtag Infinity War giveaway. Nice. So That's if you awesome. if you want some digital comics. Just watch the movie. Exactly. Just watch the movie and talk about it. That's yep. it. And spoilers are okay. Just put, you know, spoiler alert in the post, but you can talk about it as much as you want. Because I'm going to see it when it opens, so. We got <laughs> our tickets for Thursday. Exactly, exactly. So spoilers are welcome. And now where where can folks find this uh, fine contest? On Amalgamania. On Amalgamania. I haven't put up the post yet. I'm going to put it up on Thursday um, when this broadcast. So that they're in conjunction with each other. Feel free to share it in our group as well. So if there's any folks that uh, kind of have lapsed in their uh, their dual membership, uh, we can get them over there, get some more folks into the contest. Oh, we will definitely be flooding you guys with all the video. We've done lots of videos with the auction lots, and we'll actually do um, a few posts concerning um, this broadcast and um, a lot of the giveaways and stuff we're going to do concerning this the, um, the podcast that's going on right. right now. So lots of stuff to stay tuned in. Both groups, um, Thursday Night Throwdown and Amalgamania. So if you're not in one, be in the other. That's all right. If you ain't in one of them, be in both. Yeah, do both. It's the best way. Uh, it's just the best way to get all the uh, all the content you could possibly uh, you could possibly want. So join us next week. I want to thank all you folks from Maryland for joining us. Dynamo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Grandizer Funk, I want to thank you. I got the name right that time, I think. Uh, Mr. Van Sampson, You're thank welcome. you for joining us. You're welcome, and, absolutely. Uh, this dude will... is my new hero. <laughs> he was pointing at me, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>